Hi, I'm Danny Simon, and I lead the New Life Fellowship Church here at Manipal. I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today to listen to our audio podcast. Do subscribe so that you can tune in every week. You know, I believe that a spoken word can change lives, and my prayer and my hope is that as you listen to today's message, it will change your life as you know it. Enjoy the message. Amen, and it's a joy for me to be standing here once again to share the word this evening, and uh, a joy that we can meet as a church. offline physical church and uh, so even though we are just a handful of people and most of you are watching online uh, before we get into the word of god of course uh, many of you know that a few weeks i could not be there because uh, uh, my dad passed away and uh, went to be with the lord and um, I praise God for giving me that privilege to serve my father in his last days and uh, I believe God kept him alive only for that period where I could take care of him and uh, the last few days the privilege of serving my father and then the Lord took him away praise God for the long life God gave and the wonderful way God worked everything uh even the funeral and everything God worked it out very beautifully So uh something that was coming to my mind before I get into the word I just want to encourage you challenge you as a church and uh, all those who are listening you see praise God for technology praise God for we can meet wherever we are we can come together online and meet and all that but uh, the biblical pattern is always that we come together physically and worship the lord so i want to encourage as many of you now that we have started the offline services would definitely encourage you to come together you know make an effort and uh, something that was coming to my mind is i want to take you if you have your bibles just go to second samuel chapter 24 verse 24 you know but the king but david the king replied to aruna no i insist on paying you for it i will not sacrifice to the lord my god burnt offerings that cost me nothing now the context is david did something that <laughs> displeased the lord and the judgment of god came upon the nation of israel because of that <laughs> and uh, so when david pleads before god god says you need to offer a sacrifice on the threshing floor of a person called aruna So when David comes if you go to the previous verses when David king David comes to Aruna and uh, says that I want to buy your threshing floor and I want to build an altar to sacrifice to the Lord and Aruna says you know when the day king comes to their uh, Aruna Aruna says you can take my threshing floor you can take the oxen for the burnt offering you don't need to pay me any money you don't need to buy in buy you can take it freely and that's when the king says no i insist on paying for it why why does he insist on paying for it because then he goes on to say that he says i will not sacrifice to the lord my god burnt offerings that cost me nothing 
You see now, you know, many times uh, when we are invited for a worship service or a prayer meeting like Danny announced uh, about morning prayer. Now, many times it's like, you know, if time permits, we try to make it. But that's not the kind of a sacrifice that God is looking for. And that kind of a, a sacrifice will not bring a blessing. You know, anything that we do for the Lord should always cost us. If it is not going to cost us, that is not true worship. You know, in the New Testament, we read, we bring sacrifice of praise. The praise and worship that we bring to the Lord should cost us. If it is not going to cost us, then definitely that is not true worship. You see, now we have technology, we can sit in the comfort of our home and we can watch the worship service, but that is not true worship. A worship that we give to God should cost you. You know, when you wake up in the morning, when you sacrifice your sleep and you come and pray, that is true sacrifice. That is going to cost you something and that is what is going to honor God. And that is when you're going to see God answer your prayers. And when you read that, so David bought the threshing floor, the oxen and paid 50 shekels of silver for them. It says verse 25 says, David built an altar and sacrificed it. And then it goes and finally the last part of it says, then the Lord answered his prayers on B and the plague on Israel was stopped. The Lord answered, the plague was stopped because he offered a sacrifice that costed him. You know, child church, I want to tell you, the Manipal believers of the Manipal church, if you all are not going to do something that's going to cost you, you will not see God moving. You will not see God answering. You will not see a breakthrough. God is looking for people who are willing to pay the price. We all know the story of the... Uh, Two coins that the widow put and the Lord Jesus acknowledged it. Why? Because it costed her when she put the two coins. There were people who poured in lots of money, but Lord did not acknowledge any one of them because that did not cost them. It's only, it's not how much we give to the Lord, but how much it costs us when we give that unto the Lord. That is what is going to make the difference. God is a God who looks at our heart. It looks how much it is going to cost us. When God the Father sent his son Jesus to die, it costed God the Father everything. There was nothing left behind. He emptied heaven of all the wealth when Jesus came into the world to die for us. If your faith is not going to cost you anything, I want to tell you it's useless faith. It's not worth it. It should cost us. God is looking for people who are willing to pay the price. And that's the kind of faith that God is going to honor. That's the kind of people that God is going to lift up. You know, when Moses left the palace to be identified with the people of Israel, the slaves, they were slaves. It costed him everything. Moses did not suffer in Egypt. If you look that Moses did not suffer, it was the, the other Israelites who suffered. Moses had a great life, but he was willing to let go of that luxurious life. He was willing to let go of the palace 
and to be identified with the slaves, letting go. He could have been the future Pharaoh. He just lets it go and identifies. And that's why even today the world knows who Moses is, but nobody knows who the Pharaoh is. Why? Because he was willing to pay the price. And God is looking for people like that who are willing to pay the price for their faith. If your faith is not going to cost you, it is not worth the faith that you are following. We are only doing a ritual. It's only a tradition. And it's not going to do anything into our lives. It's not going to bless us. It's neither are we going to impact. We will go to the grave absolutely having done nothing in this world. We need to impact. We need to do something. It should cost us. And I want to encourage you all. I want to challenge each one of us. You know, if your faith is not going to cost you, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It is not worth it. If you think it costed the son of God his life to, uh, you know, open the door for you to enter into this faith, then you should also cost you something to come, you know, to follow in this faith and to walk in that faith. Amen. Okay. Shall we have a word of prayer before we go into the word of God? Father, I want to thank you for this wonderful time. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness in our lives, Lord. Lord, you are the one who started your good work in Manipal. You are the one who has planted the seed of the church in Manipal. And you will establish this church, Lord. This is not the work of any man, Lord, but you will do it, Lord. You will do it, Father. Father, Lord, as we read in that parable, Jesus, you spoke about the man who threw open the banquet. And Lord, those who were invited were not willing to come. And then you sent the servants out to the rich man, sent his servants into the lanes of the pilots to call those who were not invited to come in, that they would enjoy. Lord, you are no respecter of any person. You will not wait, Lord. You're willing, you're looking for those who are willing to stand with you. And you will build the church in Manipal, Father. Father, I want to thank you, even as we're going to look into the word of God. Lord, I pray that, Lord, you will speak to us, Lord, even as we look into the subject of being under authority, Father. I pray, Lord, that you will speak to our hearts, Lord. Speak to our hearts, Father. Lord, that we will learn the importance of staying under authority, Father. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. The last message, if you remember, we spoke about the importance of honoring and submitting to the civic authorities, that is the leaders of our nation. We looked at that we are not called to speak against them. We are not called to criticize them. We are not called to make fun of those who rule our nation because they are appointed by God. The Bible says they are servants of God, appointed by God. And when we honor the rulers of our nation, it shows the fear of God in our lives. We fear God. Today, I'm going to talk about the authorities that we have at our workplaces or the places where we study. If you are a student, then your authorities are your teachers, your professors, the management of the institution. If you are an employee, it could be a manager, it could be a supervisor, your employer, or the boss that is over you. 
In other words, it is the person that you are accountable to or responsible to at your place of study or in your profession. We looked at the passage, the most important, the key passage is Romans chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, where it says that all authority is from God and we need to be submissive to the authorities. Today, I'm going to share some practical steps that are needed to, in connection with submission to the authorities that we meet on a daily basis at our workplace or in our uh, uh, colleges or schools. And also why it's important that we could should submit to them. You know, let me take you to this passage. The book of Ephesians chapter 6 verses 5 to 8. Let me read that. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of hearts just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does, whether he's slave or free. Now, Paul, Apostle Paul was addressing the slaves who believed in Jesus Christ. You know, slaves at that time did not have any human rights. You know, the value of their lives was less than that of animal. You know, and their masters were cruel. They were very wicked. They could never raise their voice in protest. Oftentimes they would get whipped for the smallest reasons. And their bodies bore the marks of the slave. On the backs they had the marks of the whip that was used on their bodies. And these are the people to whom Paul writes these instructions. You know, praise God, today our positions are far, far better than that it was for the slaves. You know, when Paul says, slaves obey your earthly masters, it means that there is absolutely no disobedience. That's what he means. What he meant was, you've got to obey your master in all circumstances. Whether the decisions taken by your masters are favor favorable to you or not, it does not matter. Now, you might look at me and say, Pastor, uh, that may not be possible. We may not be able to obey in everything. You may not know my situation, but we need, we need to understand. When Paul was writing to the slaves, they were in a far more difficult situation than what you and I may have go, been going through. To obey means that we cannot rebel. You know, we cannot go on a strike against our authorities. We cannot be part of a group that works against the authorities. We cannot be, you know, we cannot boycott our classes if you are a student. You know, some of the decisions that the authorities may take may be harsh. It may be painful, but we have no right to revolt against them. We cannot be a party to any action aimed at disobeying the instructions of the authorities. We simply do the things that are expected from us. And then Paul goes on to say in that passage, if you look, he goes on to qualify our obedience. He does not simply say that we got to obey. He qualifies what kind of obedience. 
our obedience to authorities should be backed up with respect fear and sincerity of heart that's what paul says and it should be just and then he further on goes to say it should be just as we obey christ jesus the question that we need to ask is do we obey our earthly masters out of respect if we obey them out of respect the outcome is that we will never speak against them either before them or behind them we will never speak against them at all we will never speak anything ill about our earthly masters see it doesn't matter whether the rest of the class may be speaking against the teacher but as believers we cannot be part of that you know it doesn't matter that our colleagues may be speaking against the boss they may be perfectly justified in what they are saying they might be speaking the truth but as a child of god you and i cannot join with them we cannot support that you know our mouth should be zipped shut when it comes to speaking against our earthly masters you know paul says obey them with the sincerity of heart that's what paul says you know sincerity towards authorities is become a rare commodity today let me tell you something very important more than all the educational qualifications more than all our abilities employers are looking for people with sincerity today you know can they trust the people that they employ that is the question that many times employers are asking now it's very difficult to find sincere people in the world today but there is only one group that has the potential to be sincere in their work and that is we the people of god or the born again believers because that is our spiritual value system we have that potential and god expects us to be sincere to our earthly masters and then paul goes on to say not only that he says just as you would obey christ with the sincerity of heart and you just as you would obey christ that's our standard or our parameters for obedience how do we obey our earthly masters the standard or the parameter we follow is just as we would obey christ it does not matter how our earthly master is he may be good he may be a good person or maybe the most cruel person that we may have ever come across in our lives but our command is obey them just as we obey christ in the importance that we would give in obeying jesus is the same importance that we need to give when it comes to obeying our earthly masters paul further on says we should obey them not only when the master is watching but even otherwise not only when they are watching we don't obey them from the point of getting into their good books but at all times that's what paul is saying we are slaves of christ he says we are slaves of christ in other words what it means is if you are a student you are a student for jesus if you are employed you are employed for jesus we do it for the lord our earthly master may not be watching us all the time it doesn't matter but we got to know this our heavenly father is watching us our heavenly father is watching us and we are accountable 
to that heavenly master he is watching over us irrespective of whether our earthly master is watching us or not and then paul goes on to say further on this wholeheartedly as if you are serving the lord with your full heart as if you're serving the lord imagine if jesus was your professor how would you study you know how would you do your assignments if jesus was your boss how would we work if what will we do a half complete job or a sloppy job if jesus was the boss will i leave my workplace before time just because everybody else does that will i leave my workplace if jesus was there if jesus was the dean in my college would i bunk my class will i speak against the dean if jesus was the dean will i get upset with his decisions that he makes will i go on a strike if jesus was the dean of my college and then paul continues saying god will reward everyone for whatever good he does god will reward it does not matter who the person is you know we want i want you to remember this you know the book of psalms chapter 75 verse 6 and 7 says reward and honor does not come from the east or the west neither does it come from the north or the south but it always comes from the lord why do we do sincerely not because our earthly master may reward us or not but we know the lord will reward us he will give us the reward let me take you to the book of esther and let's look at the life more thing i want to show you something very powerful over there the book of esther chapter 2 verses 21 to 23 let me read that during the time of mordecai during the time mordecai was sitting at the king's gate bigtan and teresh two of king's officers who guarded the doorway became angry and conspired to assassinate king xerxes but mordecai found out about the plot and told queen esther who in turn reported it to the king giving credit to mordecai and when the report was investigated and found to be true the two officials were hanged on a gallows all this was recorded in the books of the annals in the presence of the king you see here was mordecai a man of god a jewish person was very sincere and faithful to the king when he discovered that there was a plot to kill the king the information was conveyed and as a result the king's life was saved but mordecai did not receive any reward he did not receive any recognition for saving the king's life what did you remember this our god is a god of justice he is a god of justice Let me take you further on. Let's go to chapter 6, the book of Esther, verses 1 to 11. It's a long passage, but let's read that. That night the king could not sleep, so he ordered the book of the chronicles, the record of his reign to be brought in and read to him. It was found recorded there that Mordecai had exposed Bigtan and Teresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, but conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. What honor and recognition has Mordecai received for this the king asked nothing has been done for him his attendants answered the king said who is in the court his attendants answered Haman is in the Haman is standing in the court bring him in the king ordered when Haman entered the king asked him what should be done for the man the king delights to honor so he answered the king for the man the king delights to honor 
Have them bring a royal robe the king has worn and a horse the king has ridden, one with a royal crest placed on its head. Then let the robe and the horse be entrusted to one of king's most noble, be entrusted to one of the king's most noble uh, princes. Let the robe, let them robe the man the king delights to honor and lead him on the horse through the city streets, proclaiming before him, this is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. Go at once, the king commanded Haman, get the robe and the horse and do just as you have suggested for Mordecai the Jew who sits at the king's gate. Do not neglect anything you have recommended. So Haman got the robe and the horse. He rode Mordecai, robed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the city streets, proclaiming before him, this is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. What do we see here? We see did Mordecai go without his reward? We see that, you know, in due time, God saw to it that Mordecai was rewarded. You know, what I want to share with you is, you know, if you and I are sincere, hardworking and obedient to our earthly masters, they might have forgotten to reward us. They may have taken us for granted. They, it doesn't matter if necessary, God can wake them up in the middle of the night to see that what is due for us is given to us. If necessary, God can wake them up. Nobody can steal away our reward. Nobody, you know, I, I always say this, you know, what belongs to us should come to us. Nobody can touch it. What belongs to us, what promotion belongs to us, what reward belongs to us, will come to us, nobody can touch us. Touch it. You know, the Lord has put a protective wall around our possessions. You know, God promised the Israelites the land of Canaan as their inheritance. Even though it got delayed because of their unbelief, yet what God promised was given to them. They received it because God promised that he would give to them. Let me take you to another passage. And it's found in Colossians, in uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 22 to 24. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Look at what it says over there. With sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if you're working for the Lord, not for men since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Once again, we find talks on the same lines of submission and serving as if we are serving the Lord. But I want to take you to the next verse, verse 25. Look at verse 25. Colossians chapter 3, verse 25 says, Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there is no favoritism. Now, this is very important for us to understand. You see, we live in a world where ethics and values at our workplaces and our colleges have gone out of the window. Today, most of the time, we don't find ethics. We don't find a value system. You know, blatant favoritism we find being practiced everywhere. We see oftentimes unworthy people 
uh, are recognized. People are not qualified are recognized and promoted. And as believers, sometimes this can be very frustrating for us. You know, after all the hard work that we have put in, and then we see someone who's not worthy walking away with all the rewards and the promotions that come in. You know, I want to encourage you, let us not lose heart. Our God is a God of justice. Our God is a God of righteousness. And there is nothing that has escaped his eyes. Nobody can just get away by from our God by doing wrong things. Nobody can escape. There is a God who's watching all this. Time and again, God has proved it in the history that anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrong. And that's what we read over there. You know, God will repay those who do wrong. And in due course, when we are sincere, we are hardworking, you know, our recognition will come. In the book of Esther, there's a story of another man called Haman. He was very shrewd. He was never sincere. He was always flattering the king. He hated the Jews and wanted to wipe away, wipe out the whole Jewish community. For some time, he was in the good books of the king. The king had complete trust in him. The king honored him, lifted him up. And you know, if you read that uh, book of Esther, you can read it in detail. But that dream did not last too long. That dream did not last too long. His true colors were discovered and he was hanged to death. You know, anything, child of God, I want to tell you, anything that was gained not in the right way will not last too long. Anything that is gained in the wrong way will not last too long. There is a God who is watching. You know, we don't have to do it because everyone in the world does it. Let the world do it. You and I are not called to do it. We walk by the standards of the kingdom of God. And by the standards of the kingdom of God, if something is not right, we don't do it. Let us always remember, we are accountable to a higher authority, the authority of God. We are accountable to God. In you know, 1 Peter, let me take you to another passage. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 to 21. You know, slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. How is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer, look at what it says over there. But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. You know, many times people ask what to find out, the, what is the will of God in their lives? Let me tell you, one of, the, one of the will of God in our lives is what we see. To this you were called. What is our calling? Just as Christ suffered, you know, we suffer in the unjust manner. We call for that. Verse 19 says, if you suffer unjustly, it is commendable. It is something that God really appreciates. You know, in my earlier days, I would always say this. If I'm accused for something that I've, you know, why should I be accused for something that I've not done wrong? Okay, you accuse me for something that I've done wrong. It's okay. But why do you accuse me for something that I've not done? 
and i'm sure all of us have said that why do you blame me why do you you know why do you accuse me for something that i have not done wrong and we get upset we sometimes lose our temper you know let me tell you i did not know this truth at that time you know, but what does this passage say this passage says rejoice rejoice for all the injustice we go through for the lord's sake every time when somebody falsely accuses us when somebody blames us for things that we have not done the word of god says let us rejoice when we do that what does the word of god says we are following in the footsteps of jesus that's what the word of god says you know next time somebody blames you for things that you have not done do not fight back do not get upset do not do not do not sulk but rejoice because we are following in the footsteps of jesus you know when jesus was punished and he was crucified on the cross there was absolutely no element of justice over there there was absolutely no reason why he should have gone to the cross it was absolute injustice that happened over there now when we are blamed for something that we have not done in a small way you and i are walking in the footsteps of jesus and we need to praise god for that we need to glorify god for that we need to say thank you lord for giving me this opportunity you know when you have not done and everybody puts the blame on you you know praise god for that because god is giving us an opportunity to go through in a small way what the lord jesus went praise god for that first timothy chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 it says all who are under the yoke of slavery should consider their masters worthy of full respect full respect so that god's name and our teaching may not be slandered those who are believing masters are not to show less respect for them because they are brothers instead they are to serve them even better because those who benefit from their service are believers and dear to them why should we respect our masters why should we honor them why should we obey them so when we do that the gospel of jesus and the name of the lord is not mocked at you know what um, let me ask this question what do people in your profession have to say about your god what do your colleagues what do your fellow students have to say about your god what kind of an attitude do we project to the world that we work in do they see a difference between you and others in your work culture or is it, or is it the other way around they don't or is it that they don't see any difference between you and the rest of the people or sometimes let me tell you we can be worse than people in the world we can be worse than people in the world one of the reasons quite often believer churches have failed to impact lives have to do with the testimony of believers good number of believers do not have a great testimony in the world outside or in the marketplace you know we can be the most holy people in the church on a sunday morning or a sunday evening worship service but what about the rest of the days of the week is the name of the lord slandered or put to shame because of our lifestyle or our conduct our standards are much higher we are expected to work harder 
We are expected to show more respect. We are expected to be more sincere, more loyal than the people in the world. If you are a believer, then you should be the best outgoing student. You should be the best employee of the year. You should have that privilege. You should get that award. We should be the best in everything we do. Verse 2 says, if your master is a believer, then don't take him for granted. You know, I have come across many believers who run their own businesses and the feedback that they give about employing believers in their or businesses or in their companies is not very good. So much so that many of them do not want to employ believers anymore in their workplaces. You know what they say? They say believers are some of the most irresponsible people, most unfaithful, lazy, and disrespectful. But this is not what God expects from us. This is not what God expects. Just because my master is also my spiritual brother doesn't mean I can take things for granted. Instead, the Bible says we got to serve them even better. You know, much more is expected from us. You know, when I was working, I had a boss who was a believer. But unfortunately, in those days, I did not have the revelation of this truth. I wish I knew this truth. I would have done a lot more than what I did. You are expected to work much harder. You are expected to be more sincere to your believer boss. There is a challenge before us as believers. Can we change the opinion that people have about believers? You know, every time we are being irresponsible, Every time we are, not, we are not being sincere or lazy, the Lord's name is being mocked at. We're putting the name of the Lord to shame. Can we make a beginning with each one of us making a commitment to be more sincere, more hardworking, more loyal and trustworthy to our earthly masters? That is what God is asking from us. You know, next week I would like to continue speaking some more on the subject, you know, but can we make that beginning? When we make that beginning, say, Lord, I want to be more sincere, more loyal, more hardworking. The name of the Lord is lifted up. And we work for our earthly masters just as we work for the Lord. Shall we look to the Lord in prayer? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Worship your name, Father. Praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we want to thank you for this wonderful time. Lord, even as we were looking, Lord, at being under authority, being obedient to our earthly masters, where you have placed us under whom we owe, you have placed us, Lord. Lord, you expect us to be sincere hardworking, loyal and the parameters just as we would do for you Lord Jesus we would do for them so that the name of the Lord would be lifted up and glorified Lord. Lord you have the one you are the one who has placed them in authority over us and we pray Father that we would do it for your glory sake Father thank you we give you the glory honor and praise in Jesus precious name we pray Amen That really spoke to me.
and I pray that it spoke to you as well. I want you to remember this. It doesn't matter what you're going through and where you're at. Our Heavenly Father is always with you. I want to say this. If you need prayer or you want to reach out to us, send us an email or DM us on Instagram. You know, let us know if we can serve you in any way. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in with us again. And I'm really hoping to see you next week.